Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere and each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Talk Recorded live. All right. Okay. Tonight is uh, Thursday, October 8th, 2015. It's a little after 9 p.m. Uh, it's actually nine ten according to this clock that I'm looking at. Uh, Mrs. Tony Veer along with uh, Erdell and uh, Erdell. Uh, it's funny, Ed and Adam, you guys' names are spelled so familiar, you know, <laughs> so similar, you know, even though the pronunciation is, is definitely distinct. Anyhow, this is session three of the Happily Ever After six-session uh, relationship program, and, um, you know, we're just going to jump right in and get started. So, gentlemen, uh, I want to know um, how things have gone from last week to this week. I want to know what you got, what you learned, what you have questions about, you know, the impact from the session as well as the time in between sessions. So who wants to start? Ardal, you first. Ardam goes first. Ha, ha, ha. Actually, last week uh, we understood that uh, women are totally different than men, and we had to understand them. Uh, otherwise, it's painful. The most important word was it is painful. The first one was uh, uh, it's not affecting us. Uh, if we if we don't understand them, uh, that's okay. Or if we say that. Uh, let me clearly check myself. So men focus on success, women uh, per, uh, focus on safety and security. Yes. Uh, I mean, if we don't understand the gender difference, it's really painful. Uh, you mentioned that it was so important for me. Uh, yes. And I, I, I said that we discussed a lot that uh, I was trying to move to United States, but my wife didn't want to move to United States. Uh, sometimes you give some decisions, so it's very important for you, but it's not important for her. And we were yeah. discussing it last week. It was a long discussion. My saying that sometimes we have to give, give decisions, she's not going to agree with. Yeah. Uh, we were discussing about that. And uh, we, 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 they need to feel. They, they need to feel that it's uh, safe and secure. Uh, I said that I was uh, unemployed and I was not working. My wife was not feeling secure and safe. She was behaving me uh, not good. Uh, we were discussing that stuff last week. Yes. This is the from uh, me, Erdal. How about you? Uh, I try to, you know, uh, implement or pay at least pay attention to some of the coverage we did last week. Yes. Uh, 
which was like one of them was you know i think you emphasize uh females mostly focus on the relation not us and right. eventually we need to take it less personal and become less defensive right you know to to not escalate the emotional disturbance out of conflicts or issues whatever i try to focus on the relation like i want i try to I try to focus on the, how to say, not to take it defensive, like when we had a conflict or she made like negative comments. Right. I try to focus, she she's targeting the relation, not me. So I, I, I thought I was, you know, I felt a little bit less defensive. Great. Great. Love to hear that. Okay, great. So, um, anything else you want to say before I move on? Because I know I asked you, you know, what you got or whatever, but, you know, you might have something else to say about your relationship or about the training or a question might pop up. So, before I move on to session number three, I just want to make sure, you know, I got you covered either around either around session number one or session number two. And I know session number one was a while ago. Right? Did you cover everything from last week because we were discussing uh, about uh some real real life issues so i think it took more than 45 minutes so did you able yeah. to finish everything from last week yeah 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 so you know so what was going on was um i was attempting to communicate to you gentlemen that your character is what's going to make us feel safe and secure more than anything else and so to the degree that you uh, are related to um, reasons and circumstances that keep you from honoring your word or being somebody that keeps her safe and secure, she will not think you're strong enough because you're saying, hey, these circumstances got in the way, but she's saying you ain't strong enough for those circumstances. What's wrong with you? I still have to deal with my feelings even though you don't deal with those circumstances. So I need you to be a tough man, a tough enough to handle those circumstances and be successful. And that's what she's saying. But if you're saying, well, I couldn't help it because all you do is telling her is I'm too weak for you. And that's why I spent so much time in the conversation with you about this. Because you may even be right, but how she hears it is you're too weak to handle it and make her feel safe and secure. I don't think you really want to leave her with that message. That's why I spent so much time going in on you being responsible and you being above circumstances. She won't hear, he tried, it's hard. She'll hear, I'm not safe, I'm not secure, he ain't strong enough. That's what she's going to hear. And that's how she's going to relate to you. She's not going to be like, oh, poor baby, those circumstances were hard. Your friend, your boy, he may think that. Not her and not any other woman. So you can't, so you can't, you could say, honey, you got to understand, these circumstances happen. Well, what she's going to do is shake her head and walk away scared and walk away annoyed that you couldn't handle it. So that's why I've spent so much time around it. And now to this session, we're going to talk about 
um, emotions specifically. And so you're going to get an even better understanding of what I'm talking about. And when I talk about this, you're going to be like, oh, dang, oh, yeah, you know what? <laughs> Jeez. And, uh, and then you're going to have an interesting assignment that you're going to have to take care of. So, um, yeah, so I understand you got circumstances and stuff, but, man, they ain't helping you at all. <laughs> you better be like, you know what? I, I know I had talked about this concept called takeaway. Now what? Oh, she got a problem? Let me take that away. All right, honey, now what? Oh, oh you got another problem? Okay, keep, keep taking away the problems so there ain't no more problems. And that's your job. You can laugh at her after a while because you're like, oh, you're coming with another problem, huh? All right, let me take that away. And that's your job. Your job is to take away problems and then laugh at her and smile as she feels better after you take away all her problems. That's your job. That's a big part of your job, anyhow. So take away, now what? That's fun. I actually enjoy that one. Because I'm like, uh, you got nothing to complain about, huh? I'm, I'm over there trying to make sure there's nothing to complain about. Like, <laughs> you know, to put this in a different perspective, <laughs> you know, that's kind of like what um, what uh, Barack Obama is kind of doing as the president in his last two years. He's like, oh, you guys got something to complain about? Here, let me take this away. I'm going to do what I'm going to do anyhow. Now what? <laughs> They can't stop this. They can't stop that. They have. He's having a good time, even if they're not, right? So the Republicans, but the Democrats is having a pretty good time with it. But anyhow, I'm, I'm only sharing this with you because it's like if you look at it as a opportunity, as a game, as a way to take care of your woman, and as a way to make yourself happy by listening to her complaints and then taking them away, you know, you'll have a pretty good, pretty good old time, man, for real. And so will she. And you'll have a good time because she's having a good time. And like, that's the reality, you know. So I just want to make sure that's as clear as I could possibly say it. So uh, does, that, does that communicate? Is that clear? Perdão? Yes, yes, definitely. Okay, good. Yeah, so... Um, so the first week we talked about who you need to, you know, you need to know who you are and you need to be with somebody who knows who they are. And, you know, I'll just say it again real quickly that people who know who they are can only really be in a relationship with people who know who they are. Because if you're in a relationship, if you know who you are and somebody you're interested in or attracted to does not know who they are, their lack of emotional, mental stability will drive you crazy and you'll have to leave them alone. Consequently, people who don't know who they are can only be in relationships with people who don't know who they are because neither one of them know who they are and they hope it works out. And then they get mad when they don't because they live a life of, gee, it seemed like a good idea at the time, then that's the life they're living. So, you know, I talked about, you know, the different things that you would need to know about in order for you to know, make sure you know who you are and to be able to tell what kind of person you're dealing with, and you want to know that as well. And I'm not going to go over the details of it, but we went over that. Then uh, yesterday, I mean, last week, we talked about gender differences. We talked about how women need to feel safe and secure, men need to feel successful. We just went over that a little bit. It cannot be said too much. It's impossible to be stated too many times. It can't be because it's like saying you've breathed oxygen too much. <laughs> You never stop breathing oxygen, you know what I mean? Unless you stop breathing. You're never going to, like, 
You're never going to breathe too much oxygen. You're just not. We need we need it as as much as we need oxygen. They need safety and security almost as much as as oxygen, and men need success almost as much as oxygen. Like we can go without success longer than we can go without oxygen, but not a whole lot longer. You know what I mean? <laughs> you know, not a whole lot longer, man. I think there's like oxygen, water. Then safety and security. That's what I think. You know, oxygen, water, safety and security, you know what I mean? Success, and then food. I think it's like that. <laughs> you know, if somebody asked me, I would say it's probably that way. Um, I know it's, I, I'm slightly exaggerating, but only slightly. When it comes to emotionalism, that's the number one emotion we need to feel by a lot. You know, like number two is probably more like number 12 in comparison. Feeling safe and secure. I um, mean, feeling uh, successful. Anyhow, um, I also talked about, um, you know, the impact of it, of her feeling safe, un- unsafe and insecure, and I'm going to go deeper into that today because I'm going to talk about emotions. Uh, I also talked about the nature, the design of relationships and how to manage them. And the design of relationships is that there's you, there's your partner, and then there's the space in between, the places that you meet mentally and emotionally called the relationship, and everybody has a different relationship with everyone else, that's what makes it so special, how to connect appropriately with, you know, the person that you're dealing with. So, you know, I mentioned that the uh, for a man dealing with those three aspects, the man needs to take care of his woman first, so she feels taken care of, and then he takes care of the relationship because she's better at it, and then he takes care of himself because he can do it in his sleep, he does it in his sleep anyhow. And then the woman needs to take care of the relationship first, you second, and then herself last. But you got to keep ta- keep track of her because she's likely to never take care of herself if you don't help her take care of herself. That's one of the great things about a man is that a man has the capacity, the ability to protect women from themselves by keeping an eye on her and make sure she takes care of herself. Because she'll be so busy taking care of other people, she will forget about herself until it's too late. So your job is to keep your eye on her and protect her from herself. And she will think if you're able to do that, that you're stronger than every man on the planet because you know her so well. You can protect her even when she don't even know she needs to be protected. That's one of the big things. Listening is another. We'll talk about that another time. But um, those are the three things. You need to take care of her first, the relationship second. And then yourself third, she needs to take care of the relationship first, which is what she's doing when she wants to talk, when she wants to be heard, when she wants to feel a certain way, when she wants to be included in your conversations and decisions. For her, that's the relationship. For you, it's like, yo, I got stuff to do. I got to go do it. You know what I mean? <laughs> oh, it's fascinating. All right, so then, um, so then the relationship itself is two parts, part emotions, Part tactical, strategic, doing this mechanical operations. So I say it's part business, part baby. The baby is the emotional part. The uh, the business is the operations part, and that could be money, that could be you know mechanical, that could be house, that could be social, you know family connected, all of that stuff, all of that stuff. Anything that can go wrong, anything that needs to be working is a part of the business side of the relationship. So uh, with that, um, 
Any last questions or comments for us? Uh, go all the way in here. So for for men, uh, you said we focus on the person than the relationship, right? Yes. Okay. For woman, she focus on the relationship first, and then 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 herself or others. No. Then you. Then herself. Oh, so she can forget about herself, so we have to take care of her. Yes, that's why you need to take care of her, because you already know how to take care of yourself, and you already really do know how to take care of her, so you got to keep your eye on her to make sure she's taken care of so she can be wholly, complete, and happy enough to take care of the relationship, because she's focusing on the relationship. She's always going to focus on the relationship. She can't even stop. Okay. And sometimes when she's focusing on you, in her mind, she's really focusing on the relationship. But you always got to uh, make sure she's taken care of because if you're not taking care of her, she feels like you don't care. And by you not taking care of her, she feels like you're not taking care of the relationship. Okay, that's right. All right? Mm-hmm. So, I don't, so I don't know why my computer is acting all goofy right this minute, but uh, I, I had a document. I had my, my, my document up in it right now. Um, I'm on a friend's Mac, and uh, it was fine right up until the call started. I don't know what's going on here, but uh, it's going to have to cooperate with me. So today, so the the top the, the top issues that happen in relationships is not knowing who you are. Number one, not understanding gender differences. Number two, number one is more impactful. Number two is the most painful. <laughs> not understanding how the opposite sex thinks. Number two. Number three is not understanding emotions. Not know how to manage emotions. We're going to talk about that. Number four is um, not understanding how uh, how to deal with breakdowns and upsets. And then number five is about miscommunication, how actually to communicate. So um, and then the sixth piece is once you get all that handled, it's all about you being able to handle uh, today and tomorrow uh, at the same time. And uh, I don't know why my computer is acting like this, man. This is like insane. Oh, jeez. Okay. All right. So uh, I'm going to talk about how come not um, knowing how to manage emotions is a problem. So the impact of not being, uh, the impact of being controlled, excuse me, by one's emotions on you, your partner, and their relationship. You've heard me say this before, that feelings, really I mean emotions, feelings are terrific servants but terrible masters because feelings cannot see down the road. Feelings only feel what they feel. Emotions only feel what they feel. So if you pay attention to your feelings, it's sort of like wanting to punch an old lady in the face while you're driving, but if you try to do it while you're driving, you might, you know, crash your car or car break your hand. There's so many things you can do just because you feel like doing something. You know, so many people feel like having sex and then they walk away with AIDS, pregnancy that they didn't want to have, you know, and all of this other stuff. So doing things based on feelings alone is a problem. So here's the impact of being controlled by one's emotions on you, on your partner, and the relationship. Uh, You'll feel, somebody will feel regret. These are the things that are short. Regret, alienation, feeling alone, right? 
destroyed sense of trust. Having short-term actions create unwanted long-term consequences. You know, like shooting somebody and then doing 30 years in jail. That would be a short-term action that produced an unwanted long-term consequence. Now, granted, that almost never happens in a marriage, but sometimes the impact is as nasty as a 30-year jail sentence, you know? Um, Being uh, considered unsafe in the eyes of others. You're untrustworthy. So nobody could actually count on you for anything. Uh, negative customer service experience. It's like they act like they, their relationship to you is that you don't care. And then leaving people feeling hurt, unloved, etc. This is just the tip of the iceberg around not feeling, um, you know, about, about being controlled by your emotions. What I just said, the impact, that's just the tip of the iceberg. And, you know, I'm going to go into it a lot more deeply now. So um, what happens is, you know, there's you and then there's your spouse or your partner, whoever you're talking to, and then there's the space in between called the relationship. A, and the relationship has what I refer to as a, um emotional environment. It's got a culture. Your, 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 your most, the emotions in your relationship the emotion between you and your partner, has a certain stable, predictable feel. And so that actually becomes how y'all normally feel, which I refer to as your emotional environment or your emotional culture. So um, I sure wish my computer was moving faster than it is, man. I'm, I'm complaining again because um, my circumstances are, are bigger than, than my ability to make this thing work, right? I'm being sarcastic, but only a little bit. Um, I'm not understanding why this thing is not moving the way I want it to move here. But anyhow. So are you saying that, like, emotional culture, is, are, you, are you meaning the norms that you yes. act in regular life? Yeah. When you're in a regular relationship, you're going to have an emotional thermostat. You know how a thermostat keeps the the, 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 the the temperature a certain way, right? Yeah. Yeah. So um, when you are in your romantic relationship, you know, you've got a certain emotional feel to the relationship. It's certain, it just feels a certain way on a regular basis. That's right. Right? I mean, you know, it has emotional changes. You know, you get excited and you get depressed. But, you know, for the most part, it has a stable feel to it, right? Okay. You you can see what I'm talking about? And, and if you think about it, if you think about it, it's also true no matter what type of relationship you're in, really. I mean, it could be you know, um, that your um, relationship um, with your boss is pretty emotionally stable. With your brother or sister, it's emotionally stable. You know, it has its ups and downs, but it comes back to like a center point, right? Yeah, like I think you you are, I, I think what I'm getting is like people 
eventually, after some certain time, the emotional state will be steady and there will be some expectations from you, like emotional, like action-wise, they will expect some stuff from you. So basically, like the relation between you and your boss, once yeah. it reaches that, you know, steady state, it is it is really hard to reverse or change it. Yeah, I mean, it can move around a little bit, but it's going to basically be the same, you know. Um, yeah, I don't know why this is going the way it's going, man. This is a Mac, you know. This is not a PC. and It's an Apple, and, and I'm not understanding why it's just not doing whatever I want it to do here. Um, Adam is an IT guy. He can help. <laughs> <laughs> that was good. I like that. That was good. Um, yeah, I'm trying to stabilize this thing here because I want to be able to read my own daggone script for my own thing here, man. What's going on here, man? You guys are driving me crazy. Not you. My uh, computer here. Um, I'm about to go downstairs and get onto this PC in a minute. Because i got to be able to read my script. I mean, I know it's here, but I want to make sure I'm saying it the way I intended it to be said, you know. So let's see what's going on here. So the collective feelings that um, occur between people in any relationship make up the, the relationship's emotional environment. Regardless of the type of relationship you're in, it's going to have a certain feel. Now, how it happens like that is... Um, oh man, I even got that back. Um, how it happens is, you know, you get together, you feel a certain way, you eventually get to a place where you're you're comfortable together, and then you have your. Uh, <laughs> I just got visited by a young man who uh, picked up his giant teddy bear out of here. Uh, <laughs> um. Okay, great. Okay, great. Uh, I think I'm almost almost going to be having what I want to say here. Oh, boy. Oh, man. I'm sorry, guys. This is, I did not know this was going to be moving this slowly. Um, That's okay. Yeah, I'm just, I'm just, that's, I don't understand it. This is slower than my home computer. <laughs> it's an apple. Whee! Go on. We've got to get a homeboy to uh, come back from the dead so you can fix this computer here, you know? Okay, so anyhow, inside of a relationship, inside of the emotional culture of a relationship, what's going to happen is most of the time somebody's going to have stronger emotions than the other. And so the person with the strongest emotions is going to be in charge of the relationship incident by incident, but also the person with the strongest emotions is going to be in charge of the relationship overall. So let's say... You're Mr. Cool. Both of you guys are Mr. Cool. Y'all are cool as ice, man. And your wife, you know, blows up and you give her all the space to blow up. But then when things, when she calms down, you go back to being Mr. Ice. Your emotions are stronger than hers. And so you're going to be having a basically cool, you know, chilly, chill, calm relationship. Has either of you guys seen this movie called, um, what the heck is this? Um, uh, driving Miss Daisy. Either of you ever driving? Heard? Driving Miss Daisy. No, I didn't watch it. Okay, Driving Miss Daisy is about this old woman that the actress is named Jessica Tanney. She's uh, an Academy Award winner at some point, 
and she's an old grumpy woman, and she's got a driver, a black driver named uh, uh, Hulk, H-O-A-K, and Hulk is uh, played by Morgan Freeman. You guys know who Morgan Freeman is? Uh-huh. Yeah. 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 So Morgan Freeman is uh, this guy, Hulk. He's a driver and her, her you know, servant. And she's, you know, a, a southern belle old lady from the south, and she's bullying him around except for he's more calm and collective than she could ever be grumpy and critical. And it took her about 25 years to figure out that he's actually, you know, got her best interest because she was paranoid, she was critical, she was mean, she was blind, she was selfish, she was cold, she was harsh, all of that stuff. And he just looked at her, loved her, took care of her, and that's it. Never held any of that crap against her. Always had her best interest at heart, you know. And his integrity was impeccable. And it took her 25 years for her to realize that he actually was on her side. But once she actually figured it out, like, he really was emotionally in charge of the relationship the whole time because no matter how nasty she got, he was too cool for her nastiness. He let her be however she wanted him to be, however she felt like being, but it didn't stop him from being great. So um, now that I can actually read what I wanted to say here, uh, the collective feelings that occur between the people in any relationship make up the relationship's emotional environment. It occurs regardless of the type of relationship that's involved, whether it's play, work, romantic, family, enemies, doesn't matter. People rarely ever pay attention to the impact of their feelings and emotions on others. Because of this, people don't know how they contribute to the quality of the relationships they find themselves in. Let me say that again. Your emotions contribute to the quality of the relationship. Whether you're scared, angry, generous, patient, worried, whatever, those feelings contribute to the relationship. You understand? Yeah. Like those feelings tell the other person how to interact with you. That's nonverbal communication, but it's communication nevertheless. So those emotions tell the other side how to record with you, like how to hit know, you, how to like... inter- no, how to interact with you, how to deal with you. Ah, okay. If you're scared or you're worried, then the person has to deal with a scared, worried person. And how would you deal with a scared, worried person? Okay. Follow. It's not that you just feel it and they just feel it and you're just feeling and you just keep going. It ain't that. Your feelings are telling them how to interact with you. Their feelings are telling you how to interact with them. Okay. Okay, so you got that, right? Yeah. Okay. Uh, okay, so this also has people be at the effect of how they feel and at the effect of the feelings of others as if they have no control of their feelings. See, people will feel like you feel like a victim. Oh, you know, I couldn't help it. And then she'll naturally feel angry because you didn't make her feel safe and secure. So now she's going to be instantly angry. And then she's going to feel angry. She's going to feel justified in being angry because you. she feels justified in her interpretation of you being too weak to do anything about stuff. You need to be tough. And then you see that she's angry, so that tells you 
to emotionally back off, back down, try to be nice, try to make her happy in some other ways other than the thing you couldn't do that she really needed you to do. So you see how the feelings are going in as well as the conversations and the circumstances? You see what I'm okay, saying here? So you are trying to save the situation, but you are trying, you are uh, putting a weaker image. Uh, say that again? You are trying to save her, feel okay, but you are feeding or you are putting a weaker image. Yes. Because the emotions is a part of the conversation, a part of every single conversation you have. Okay. You can't have a conversation with your wife without feelings being a part of it. Not possible. Okay. Makes sense? You can see that? Um, are you trying to say, regardless of the interaction or communication, those those communication or interaction will be creating emotions on both sides? Right. Okay. So... I want to let you know that that's his, and then I'm going to later uh, down the road as we go this further into this call, I'm going to start sharing with you how to have the kind of emotions you want to have as a part of your relationship, as a part of the relationship's emotional environment. I'm going to show you, share with you how to make that happen, okay? But, okay. I, want you to, but I want you to get the nature of it first. So okay. this is what we're going over here. Right now I'm talking about the ingredients, how it's designed, and how people handle it, and then I'm going to tell you how to be good with it. But I didn't get there yet, but I will, promise. All right? Okay. Okay, great. Yes, so um, because if you know how to manage your emotions, then you actually know how to manage pretty much how to influence just about every relationship you find yourself in. You know, you could find yourself in an emotional relationship that's you know, uh, loving, violent, cynical, manipulative, regretful. You actually get to say though. So you get, you know. So the first thing you want to say is you want to choose what emotions you want to come from in the future, from now on. That's the first thing. I'm, I missed then, this part. The, the kids were screaming inside. Like, can you summarize the last sentence? Yeah. So you. Based on what I said so far, I'm encouraging you tremendously to look at what emotions do you want to feel with your spouse before you start interacting with her. Before you wake up in the morning, well, not before you wake up in the morning, before you come home, before you make a phone call, how do I want to feel? That's the first thing I'm going to tell you. And it takes something for you to do that on a regular basis. But you get to say how your the emotions of your relation go. So I want to let you know that before I go any further, okay? Okay. You're good. So, uh, uh, Ed, I know you're doing a lot of talking, but uh, Adam, how's this landing for you, man? I'm checking in with you, bro. Yeah, yeah, you? I'm just I'm just listening. Uh, I, I'm just listening. Don't worry, I might have questions. Okay, I just, I just want to make sure, man. You know, been great. Now. The person, I said this before, I'm just going to review this. The person with the strongest emotions is in charge of the relationship for at least as long as they have the strongest emotions. As soon as they no longer have the strongest emotions, 
they're no longer in charge. That don't mean the other person is in charge. But as long as they have the stronger emotions, the person with the weaker emotions is going to respond to and interact with the one with stronger emotions. Because okay. they got the stronger emotions. Uh, Tony, can you yes. give me like 30 seconds? I need to say something to the kids, like like yes. 20 seconds. I'm sorry. Yes. Yes. Um, uh, so while we wait, Erdal, let me say something. Yes. Uh, actually, uh, uh, the, the stuff you are saying is not about oh, just uh, uh, with my general stuff. Emotions are everywhere. Right. Yeah, it's not just him and his wife. It's him and everybody in his life, him and his kids. See, like right now, right now, perfect example. His kids have a stronger emotion than both him and his wife, which is why he has to do something about it now. That's it. Right? They have the strong emotions, so he had to stop and take care of them because they they were demanded that they take that he take care of them. They demanded his presence so much that he had to stop everything because they had strong emotions than either him or his wife. Make sense? Yeah, it's it's my new job. I'm trying to hide my emotions. You don't. You actually don't want to hide your emotions. But I'm hiding you, it. Yeah, that doesn't work. Yeah. Because but you need I, to. Yeah. Go ahead. Uh, I have I have some confidence now. Uh, yes. I, I'm just uh, behaving by myself now. I am me in the company. The first month I was not me. Okay. I have a book for you, you both of you. Now that you know, you just said that it made me think of something. I have a book that I'm going to recommend that you read. Yes. It's extra, it's extra credit, but you're going to love it when you read it. You ready? Yes. The name of the book is called No More Mr. Nice Guy. No More? No More Mr. Mr. Nice, guy. nice Guy. Right. You blocked me. What, what, what was that? No More Mr. Nice Guy. No, oh. no More, no more uh, Ardem. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> this book, I read it. It's awesome. Really, really awesome. It'll really help you to feel more connected with your masculine self. And, it's, you know, it'll help you particularly in the emotional area that I'm talking about right now. Yeah. No more Mr. Nice Guy. I forget the guy's first name, but his name is uh, Dr. Glover. I forget what his first name is. It might be Samuel. I don't remember what his first name is. But um, I read the book a couple of times. I've recommended it to people. Every band I've recommended it to, they were extremely grateful that I did. Great book. I, Anyhow, I bought I bought a book, uh, How to Say No Without Feeling Guilty, but I didn't read it yet. Uh -huh. Petty, yeah, well, yeah. Petty Braitman, Connie Hatch. I think those are the two authors. Mm. But you know, all right. Uh, so I, I, I mean, this this what this, this topic, uh, the stuff we are talking about for two minutes is really confusing me because. Uh, the, my uh, our prophet, my religion always recommends to be nice person. Our prophet said, never said no to anybody. Never in his life no to anybody. Uh, I don't know where where did you get that, Arden? Oh, I hear a lot. I hear a lot. Uh, that's the reason. Sometimes uh, the, those kind of stuff is. I'm really in the middle of 
should I do what? Uh, in a professional life, you have to say no. Or in professional life, you have to be, uh, you shouldn't be a nice guy all the time. So I had to balance this because uh, the, this, uh, when I, I was learning so completely opposite stuff. Uh, that's the reason uh, I don't know how to balance it. Okay. I'm going to say something about that. You ready? Yeah. Okay. So, the, um, first off, the language that was written for the Bible, the Quran, the Torah, you know, the Bhagavad Vita, all of those books was written in ancient languages. So, the fact that they were written in ancient languages should tell you that there's been, it's possible there were some translation issues. That's number one. You know, if you ever had your students in class play the game of telephone where they whisper one thing and the first person whispers something in the ear, and by the time it gets to the fifth or sixth person, it don't sound like nothing that was said, right? Telephone, and that's just in one room. That's not 100 years after hearing a story. You follow? Yeah. Then you translate it into a new language after it was already translated by somebody's memory who wasn't as smart as the person who said it all. And now you got to question, well, I do question, you know, the, the real legitimacy of the, of the conversations and the distinctions. So I want to say, I say all of that to say this. I think when they say that Jesus Christ said that, uh, the gold, created the golden rule, do unto others as you would have them do unto you. I think that if he was here today, what Christ would say, do unto others as they want to be done unto, not unto, not do, them, do unto others the way you want. Don't do unto others as you would have them do unto you because they're not you. You got to find out who they are and treat them the way they want to be treated because they're not you. You treat them like you, you'll get them all pissed off half the time. So they didn't have the language to say that. I promise you that if Jesus Christ had said that, something like that today, he would say, no, treat people the way they want to be treated. You've got to figure that out first because they're not you. So you can't treat them like you. But also now when you say don't say no to anybody, there's another distinction I'm going to give you to this, and hopefully this will help you. It's like you don't want to start out being a no. You know, like I want to be with people who are willing to be uh, yes, it's to life. They're willing to contribute. They're willing to participate. They're willing to give. They don't always have to be, but they start out as a yes, and then they find reasons why it's a no because they inspected it, and the reason why they say a no is because it don't make sense to say yes. But they would, but they would if it did. Like they start out as a yes. So I call that being willing to want to. Like you're willing to say yes. And if the circumstances allow it, then you say yes. But if you're not saying no because you're mean or selfish or anything other than, nah, that ain't going to work for me. And, and you, should, you should not do anything that doesn't work for you. But if you start out optimistic and you start out as a, as a yes, then you got a good chance of being happy with your choice and, and being yes most of the time. Does that, does that make sense? Yeah. So yeah. Um, Americans uh, say a lot. I would like to, but I have something to do. <laughs> yes. That's, that's partly where they come from. But other people who are not quite as enlightened, 
ain't quite as spiritually advanced. They only saying that because they're looking for a back door to be slippery so you can't control them. <laughs> they don't want to get in trouble, so they don't want to commit. But it's not like they would like to really. Sometimes they really would, but sometimes they don't. Sometimes they just BSing you. Americans will do that. Anyhow, that's just, you know, an observation that's beside the point of this call, but it's important that you know it because if you have those two things I just said as a distinction, as a mindset, as a filter to look at life through, then you can use that in support of managing the emotions of the relationship because now you're not feeling bad because you're not treating them the way you want to be treated. You're feeling good because you figured out how to treat them the way they want to be treated. And so do they. You're actually taking care of the emotions better that way. So that's why I wanted to give it to you since you said that. But no more Mr. Nice Guy. Read the books. Tell me about it later. I'm going to keep it moving right now. All right. Was that clear, though, or were you guys got any questions about that? No, it felt good. It felt good. It's, uh, I, I got the idea. Okay, great, 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 great. Okay, great. So I want to um, read a little bit about the strongest emotions part. Uh, if you notice, babies always dominate the space they're in. If they're happy, even the meanest thugs will start smiling for at least as long as they're in the presence of a baby. You notice that, right, guys? The meanest, uh, angriest, upset person will still be start being happy if they be around a baby. Okay, possible. You noticed it, right? Most likely. Yeah, yeah. Unless they, unless they're committing a crime, they're gonna be they're gonna chill out when they see a baby. Oh, it's so baby, that's cute, baby's so cute. Now back to you, her, right? But at least the baby, they're gonna submit to the baby because the baby's that, right? Also. When a boss is angry, they dominate the space they're in, not just because they're the boss. It's because they're the ones with the strongest emotions. Now, the interesting thing about an angry boss is their emotional strength often comes from the fact that there won't be consequences on them for being angry or whatever they're feeling because they're the boss even though that may not necessarily be true. In their mind, they may be thinking, you ain't going to do nothing anyhow, so you better do what I say, Arr. right? But their emotional intensity dominates more than just their title, even though it might add to their title. But their angriness or their upsetness or their emotional strength, they're going to have the, the title of their job make them feel more validated in being angry but that's not necessarily what's giving them the anger. They just use it. Like, they feel more free to do it. So bosses will do things because they know you can't do nothing about it. Now, here's another thing. The strongest, having the strongest emotions doesn't mean having the ugliest emotions. doesn't mean being angry, hate, hate, hateful, or intolerant. It could be the coolest, the most loving, or the compa- most compassionate. That would explain Martin Luther King, Mahatma Gandhi, Nelson Mandela, for example. Their emotions were stronger than everybody else's. They just had good emotions. Make sense? Mm-hmm. So having the strongest emotions is only having the strongest emotions and not what type of emotions are the strongest. 
So if you're more confident than your woman is scared, if you're more settled, more safe and secure than your woman is in unsafe and insecure, you will make her feel safe and secure. Because your emotions will be stronger than hers. Hmm. But but it's kinda lie. You may you might uh, fake it. No, see that would be faking. I didn't say if he was faking having the stronger emotions. I said if you had the stronger emotions. Faking, faking is like trying to uh, fake existing, although you don't exist, or you fake like you are not in the room when you are in the room. Yeah, you can't, you can't, you can't fake having the strongest emotions. You either have the strongest emotions or you don't. If you know things are going to get handled and she doesn't know, but you just knowing is more clear, stronger than her lack of knowing, she will come around to your way of thinking. Because that's the nature of emotions. The one with the strongest emotions is in charge of the relationship for at least as long as they're in charge of the relationship. So for at least as long as they're most of the, stronger, the strongest ones in the room. So if you, focus, if you focus on being loving, understanding, compassionate, generous, and all those good emotions to the fullest extent possible, you'll have your relationship go your way in the end. You'll either have relations go your way or you'll have to get out of that relationship because that person's emotions are stronger than yours and it ain't helping the relationship none. You're either going to have the strongest emotions or you should get out. If you're going to be bringing love, joy, happiness, patience, generosity, appreciation, acknowledgement, Peace, all of that. All right? Now, good, great. Next, there's another part of this thing. It's called emotional currency. Emotional currency. So the way to take care of your relationships long term is to be responsible for the memories that exist in your relationship. Because the memories that you make make up what is referred to as emotional currency, emotional money. So um, each memory brings a certain quality of life to relationships depending on the quality of the memory. Romantic memories provide romantic emotional currency, but it can also provide intimacy, vulnerability, and friendship. Conversely, angry emotional outbursts creates memories of fear, invalidation, lack of respect, and domination. Most people won't remember what you said or did, but they always remember how you made them feel. This is why emotions are so important, because your wife is not going to remember what you, what you said or did down the road two months from now, or whatever you did today or tomorrow. But she'll remember how you made, you made her feel then, because you have a basic emotional, you know, state for the relationship, and you have a basic way of doing things. So everything you're doing is creating a memory. Let me say that again. Everything you're doing is creating a memory. Consider the consider it like this. You guys uh, understand baseball. You guys like baseball. Uh, I don't. But please give the example. Okay. So. 
my favorite sport is basketball, but let's just say baseball. Um, every time a pitcher goes to the mound, he's going to throw a pitch, and it's going to go under his permanent record. Every pitch and every result with a with a batter ultimately goes on his eventual uh, record as a pitcher, a hitter as a hitter, an outfielder as an outfielder, how effective they were in the outfield. Yeah. And so, right, so you have you have certain players that are so good they're in the Hall of Fame because they've created so many great memories. People decide they want to make sure that they never, nobody ever forgets it, not just the people who watched them, but long after they stopped. They've created tremendous emotional currency. Now, on the other hand, um, there was an issue in the United States in the early 1950s called McCarthyism. Yes. You familiar with that, yes? Which aunt? Which aunt? Uh, Eugene McCarthy was over there trying to bust all the communists in the United States. He went on a witch hunt. Exactly, witch hunt. That emotional currency he created was so negative that nobody has anything good to say about him because that's how they remember him by. That's how they remember that era by. So the um, so each incident that you do creates a certain quality of feeling. And that quality of feeling either adds to or subtracts from the desired emotional state of a relationship. Let me say that again. Each incident creates a certain quality of feeling and either adds to or subtracts from the desired emotional state of a relationship. So everything you do is either adding to the quality of your relationship and making it more fun or taking away from the relationship and making it more sucky. That's right. It's same for everything. Yes. Given this reality, it would make sense that creating great memories would be a wise thing to do. Most mm. people know this unconsciously. They do something messed up and blow or blow their stack and then turn around and do something special for the person they blew up on to try and <laughs> make up for the emotional explosion that happened a short time ago. Unfortunately, they don't know that it's often too little too late. The time to do nice things was before the explosion, not after. With enough mo emotional memories of lovingness, mercy, forgiveness, and all the other expressions of love and affinity, relationships can withstand many strongly negative incidences without a scratch, and even a few of the worst kinds, such as cheating and criminal activity, if you've got enough love in a relationship. That's not to say that any relationship can survive those things, but with enough love and emotional currency in a relationship, in, a, in the relationship's emotional bank account or memory bank, relationships can withstand almost anything. One last thing, and this is really important for you guys to get. One bad incident can remove the impact of dozens of happy memories. So you don't want to have to have to have too many negative types of incidences happening in your relationships. It's like putting one dollar in but taking two hundred dollars out. Your emotional bank account can only take so many withdrawals. 
Let me give you an example of what I mean. You guys familiar with Bill Cosby? Yes, sure. I love Bill Cosby, man. His shows are like the prototype for a family man, a father in marriage, prototypical. Nobody's going to pay attention to it anymore because of his incidences, that he damaged his own emotional bank account with the, with the world. Mm. Decades. Decades of mastery. Yeah, sorry. I I, I don't follow the news, so I don't know what he did, so I think it could could make an effect on me. Yeah, he raped. He he drugged and uh, sexually uh, uh, molested or raped, you know, numerous women. He cheated on his wife like he was losing his mind. And Mm. he just was a womanizer. For, for decades, but it didn't come out until last year. So, you know, from the 1960s until last year, Bill Cosby was the man. He's had at least three television shows, at least three movies that I know of. And, and the movies was kind of ordinary at best, but the TV shows were stunning. It was great shows. And he made a difference in the black and African-American community. Yeah. But because it is one really negative thing, he took all of the currency out of the emotional bank account he built. It took him decades to build. So the, the sympathy turned into, uh, into bad. Yeah, nobody can handle this guy. Nobody wants to be around him. They, 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 they want to take him out of – they can't take him out of the, the, the Hall of Fame, but they, they really wish they could, just like – it's like, ick, we don't want to be anywhere near this guy because of the damage he did to his own emotional bank account with the world. I don't even know how his wife can handle it, but that's how one bad thing can make everything messed up. No matter how things are, one bad thing can kill it all. So you need to be responsible for that. And lots of little negative things equals a few big bad things. So you got to keep your word. You got to keep your emotions up, not because you feel like you have to, but that's how you take care of your relationship. Make sense? Yes. Be good. All right. Um, you know, now. it happened in my uh, career when I was uh, in Turkey in the bank. Uh, yes. I worked eight months in a great performance uh, in the ninth month I lost my focus a little bit my manager warned me I said hey I was doing great job he said yes you were doing great job for eight months and you are not doing great job uh, in the in the ninth month I'm right. warning you everything is uh, after that everything ruined because I couldn't handle it uh, the, the way he talked with me I was so emotional uh, instead of fixing it, I, I made it worse. Yes. I get it. We've all done that. doesn't work. you got to take care of the emotions of the relationship, and sometimes you cannot, but you need to be conscious of it, and you need to be giving your best to it, 100% of your best to it. You know what I mean? Yeah. So, so now... I'm going to say the number one feeling that people want to have in a relationship is happiness. 
yes, they want to be in love. They want to have that that mental telepathy feeling. They want to have that, that that intimate connectedness that's so connected you can't tell where one person begins and the other person ends. You can't tell. They can't separate from each other, whether they're close together or far away. They're like inseparable emotionally, intellectually, spiritually, like that, right? <clears throat> so it's all of these feelings, joy, ecstasy, intimacy, all of that stuff, right? I'd say that the number one basic fundamental emotional state that people want to have in their relationship is happiness. Yes, all those other things are great, but happiness is something that could be stabilized. It could be something that, that's an ongoing, stable, normal state of, of emotional state in a relationship. The other ones do happen to come and go, and it's great, but Happiness, you can figure out, if you know and you pay attention to it, <coughs> how to make sure <coughs> that your emotional state of your relationship, the emotional culture of your relationship is happy. So inside of that, not like that's the truth, but that's a strong, powerful goal to play for, to, to shoot for. Happiness, you're responsible for your own happiness and self-esteem. No one can do this for you. If you put this on your partner, you're overwhelming them, giving your power away and sabotaging your relationship. And if your woman is doing that to you, then she's then all those things are happening to you, which will make you feel uncomfortable, right? If she's making making it that her happiness is based on your actions, then she's overburdening you, giving your giving her power away to you, or she's dominating you or sabotaging you. Uh, Tony, uh, I just uh, felt daydreaming for a second. So we are okay. making a sabotage if we are doing what? If you're not taking responsibility for your own happiness, if you're uh-huh. like, you know, my woman's got to make me happy or your woman is like, you got to make her happy, you're not happy on your own, like you don't need anybody to make you happy, you, you're, you're in charge of your own happiness, if you don't standing inside of that mindset, you're sabotaging the relationship. I mean, you're in charge of your own happiness. Okay, like no matter what. Okay. Yeah, and so your woman is also in charge of her own happiness, whether you know it or not. You can help her with it, but I'm telling you that that, that is a burden that you don't need to be dealing with, and you probably have to be dealing with it now because you know, all the things that happened up to this point, you know? I don't know. So, um, the last thing I'm going to cover around this, like you're in charge of your own happiness. That's the bottom line. Whatever else you want to say about it, you're in charge of your own happiness. She's not there to make you happy. And you're not there to make her happy. You want to be with somebody that already knows how to make themselves happy. They bring the, they bring the party with them wherever they go, you know? Anyhow, the number one thing that you would need to know in order to be able to manage your emotions in your relationship is you need to know what will trigger you. Oh, yes. What your emotional triggers are. So let me say something about that. Recognizing what triggers you is essential to managing the emotional environment, culture of your relationships. Having said that, it would be wise to recognize what has you become unglued in the midst of dealing with people. 
Some of us get triggered by unfairness. Some of us by being accused or abandoned. Some of us hate to not be acknowledged, and some of us will fight for their freedom, even if their freedom is not really at stake. Some of us are paranoid. Some of us are critical or critical of others who are critical. Whatever triggers you is an obstacle to being someone who can manage the emotional environment of relationships. Let me say that piece again. Whatever triggers you is an obstacle to be to you being someone who can manage the emotional environment of your relationships. That trigger will throw you out. Emotions do not manage themselves, but they can manage us. That's because feelings are terrific servants, but terrible masters. <laughs> so now, now that I've said that, um, we're going to go over something real quick. Uh, we probably should review it again next week before we go into the next session. But I am going to tell you, I got a list of the top negative reactions of humans, the top things that trigger humans, 15 of them. I'll put them in alphabetical order even. <laughs> I'm going to send this to you, and you guys, I'm going to tell you, you have to read through them real quickly. You guys have to read through them, and you're going to do an assignment around them. So here are the top negative reactions, the top negative triggers of human beings. Aggression. People get triggered by aggression, and they will be aggressive as a trigger. Like they get triggered, and then they'll act aggressive, or they will get triggered by aggressive people, either one. Okay, next. Anger. People get angry without knowing that they're angry. They're so busy being angry, they don't even know they're angry. That, you know, they're angry that they're angry even sometimes. And then some people get triggered by anger. Next, apathy, which is I don't give a crap, and I don't give a crap, that I don't give a crap. That uh, bothers a lot of people. You don't care about me? Oh, man. That's either you getting triggered or by somebody being apathetic or you becoming apathetic as a trigger from somebody doing something, okay? Next, arguing. Arguing is automatic. Nobody says, hmm, I think I'm going to argue today, unless they go into a, 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 a presidential or, or a political debate. <clears throat> then, yeah, they'll probably argue, but they won't even be arguing. It'll be a, a wise and intellectual discussion. Because you can call it an argument, but it's really not. So when people argue, they just start arguing. They don't even realize they're doing it. It's automatic, right? Yes or no? Yeah. Yeah. Arguing is so automatic, you don't even know you're arguing while you're in the middle of arguing. Like, it just happens. You're a cop. Yeah. Next, bullying. Some people become bullies when they get triggered. Or some people find that they get triggered from bullying, and they'll have their reactions. Next is criticism. Some people get real critical when they get triggered, or they get really triggered by criticism. By the way, uh, I forgot to say that if any of these come up for you, you should say, "Oh yeah, that's one of mine." Okay. Criticism. I can't. I can't. Sometimes unfair criticism, or the the the, the one I perceive to be unfair. Okay. 
All right. So either you guys get a, get uh, triggered by um, people wanting to get aggressive with you, or do you get aggressive? Is that a trigger? Yeah. Yes. No. Don't worry about it. You know what? Never mind. You're gonna do this anyhow later. Uh, aggressive is fine. Okay. Next, people who get dismayed. Dismay is the equivalent of um, resigned. They just like it's like they're they lost their heart. That's a trigger. It's like an automatic reaction to something where they just feel like they're lost, they're never going to win, you know, they're a permanent loss in that situation. Um, to become disheartened, to become weak, to become like they quit and they gave up is what dismay is. Um, it's like you're optimistic and then all of a sudden, oh, my God, I'm never going to win this. And then, you know, in addition to feeling like quitting, there's a there's a aspect of, Mourning, you know, like the death of a family member, mourning, like that, dismay. Um, and then there's uh, the next one is distancing, you know, people keeping people at a cold, distant manner, separating yourself from people, um, distancing, uh, fear, you know, fear is built into us. Some of this other stuff we learn, but fear, nah, that's built into us, man, part of our you know, who we are as human beings, you know. So, uh, but fear is a trigger in both, you know, you being fearful and someone else being fearful. Frustration, being frustrated, that's a big one. I think I don't know anybody that, that, that doesn't normally get triggered first with frustration some way, shape, or form. You got to really be evolved to not feel frustrated. Impatience. A lot of women, I'm going to say 99% of women on the planet get impatient with men because we don't think the way they do it, and it drives them crazy, man. But, you know, we get impatient too. Sorry, you Okay. You back? Are you back? I'm here. I'm here. Okay. Just want to make sure I got your attention. That's all. All right, so, you know, impatience is a trigger, both being impatient and then being around impatient people, uh, being indignant, strong displeasure, like feeling insulted. Indign- indignation is like being insulted. Like, how dare you? Kind of like that. That's a trigger. It's not a thought. And people don't say, hmm, do I want to feel like I was insulted or not? No, we just all of a sudden, something happens, you feel insulted. Or something happens, you say something, and somebody else feels assaulted. It's, a, it's an automatic trigger. Being outsmarted. There are some people that get super pissed off because somebody outsmarted them, outthought them. Oh, hates to hate that. It's worse than losing. It's like they got to get revenge on that person. Um, they feel like a fool, which is what, what their reaction is to being outsmarted. Uh, and then pessimism. Some people... They automatically just get negative. They be like, "No, oh, man, I don't know about that." You know, they, they just get like, just get negative. It's like crazy. They get pessimistic. They're critical, but their criticism comes across as pessimism. And sometimes they'll be pessimistic without criticism. And but a lot of times those two go together, but not always. And then stubbornness. 
This is when people are made up their mind whether they actually know what they're thinking about or, or not. And uh, they, get, they get automatically stubborn. So those are the top triggers that humans have um, and that affects relationships, the top negative emotional triggers. You can see how those could be negative emotional triggers, yeah? Gentlemen? Yes. You guys yes. fall asleep? You guys fall asleep? What's up, man? No, no. It's, it's very uh, attractive. That's why I'm I'm really in and silent. Got it. Okay, great. Uh, actually, I need to leave because I have a presentation tomorrow. What time do you think we can finish? Uh, Next 10 minutes. Okay. Yeah, ten minutes. You know, we would have been finished a lot sooner, but um, we we were at the one minute, one hour thirty minute mark right this minute from uh, when we said we were going to start. We actually didn't start until nine oh seven. Actually, nine yeah. ten is when I hit the record button. Nine ten. Yeah. So, uh, so I'm going to go till ten thirty, ten thirty two, like that, and we're 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 done. Uh, we're okay. Done. So, so. Um, now that we went through all of the, the, the negative and uh, in, in, uh, the rules of the emotional part of the relationship and we went through all the things that can go wrong, uh, I got a question for you. Uh, what do you think it's going to take for you to be happy in your relationship no matter what? Are you asking what is it worth? No. What is it going to take for you to I be mean, happy oh. In your okay, it will take okay. me. It will take me to see her happy. Okay, got it. Because you know, you say like success is important to the man. Yes. And to me, it is part of success. Got it. Okay. All right, Adam. What about you? Uh, I didn't get the question very well. Let me ask uh, it again. Yeah, but different words. All right, so let's say you are committed to being 100% happy no matter what, right, in your relationship. I don't care how she acts. I don't care what she says. I don't care what she does. I don't care how she treats me, how she looks at me. I'm going to still be happy, right? What do you think it would take for you to be able to do that, to maintain your happiness no matter how things are going? I mean, uh, uh, Tony, can you put it in different words? Uh, I want to make sure I get it right and Adam got it right. Okay. You're with your woman. You want to be happy. And you want to be uh, immune to any of her emotional triggers. No matter what she does, you want to still be happy. Whether she complains, makes you wrong, you know, whatever goes on that normally would upset you, you're saying to yourself, I don't care what, I'm going to be happy. What is it that you need to do for yourself? What mindset, what activities, what you need to say to yourself, what do you think it's going to take for you to be happy in your relationship? no matter what happens or why it happens. Okay. Uh, actually, uh, I, I really changed my mindset because 
uh, I started to think about being happy last year. I said, hey man, I'm going to be 40 years old. It doesn't work to discuss, argue with your wife. Yeah. Uh, so for small, some minor issues, I'm just uh, silent. I'm quiet. I don't argue with my wife. Okay. But does that make you happy? Yeah. I mean, do you know what? Two years ago or four years ago, I was trying to somehow win the case, discuss with her, argue with her, fight with her, and I gained nothing. We right. discussed and we fight, and I realized that uh, she doesn't earn anything, I don't earn anything, and we are both upset. Yes. Uh, in order to be happy, believe me, I, I'm right now quiet. Sometimes I don't uh, want her way, but I just decided to be quiet. I said, let her do whatever she wants. It's not a big issue for me. If it is a big decision, decision, or if if I see that it's not the right path or right way, I discuss with her in a polite way also. So I never uh, uh, increase my voice. Uh, I always discuss uh, in a uh, professional way with my wife. Yeah. Great. Okay. <clears throat> I got it. Ed, you want to say anything else before I start talking? Uh, like, uh, I, I, I'm just not sure if we answered your question, but I think you will let us know later. No, you answered the question. I'm going to give you a different answer. <laughs> yeah, like, you because for me, it, for me, like, it looks like a vicious cycle. I think, like, I, I think I have to fix my attitude on, I mean, I have to fix my attitude towards that question. Yeah. Okay, great. Because that's exactly what it's going to take for you to be happy in your relationship no matter what. You're going to have to love your wife 100% just because with no expectations and no need for anything in return or no need for any particular response. So how you be happy no matter what is you just choose it. You say, I'm waking up this morning, and no matter what, I'm going to be happy. And every time you don't be happy, you look and see what, what kept you from being happy and how could you change your attitude so that you could be happy. I don't mean to be like a, um optimistic Pollyanna. I don't mean to be, like, blind and you're just going to be nicey-nice and, you know, like that. I don't mean that. I mean, listen, I'm committed to being happy the way Martin Luther King was committed to having, you know, uh, the end of racial segregation. You follow? Yeah. No matter, no matter what the, the, the Ku Klux Klan was saying, no matter what George Wallace was saying, no matter what the politicians were saying, no matter what the police was doing to us, we're going to be, we're going to overcome. And that's how he was being. And that's what I'm saying you want to be in your relationship. And I promise you, your woman will never, ever, ever be too thankful for it once she finally figures that out. And it might take her years, but that doesn't matter. As long as you're making sure you're happy, you put in the mental focus, the mental commitment to be happy to the same degree that uh, Mahatma Gandhi was about having India be free, then 
you'll be more powerful than circumstances, and you will be happy, and your wife will eventually come along with you, as well as everyone else you've learned how to do that around. And that's what it's going to take. You need to be that strong about the emotional state of the relationship. Does that communicate? Yeah, I I think like you you are getting to getting to tell us surround yourself with the state of being which will create positive emotions intensely which will eventually over dominate the the negative or the reverse or opposite feelings that our partner might have or might be involved. Yeah, but you're doing it even more to overcome her, more than overcoming her negative emotions, you're doing it so you're happy. The only reason to even bother being in a relationship is to be happy with someone who's happy with you. <laughs> so if you demonstrate happiness, you will actually learn how to help her be happy because you keep demonstrating happiness. Yeah, you have to you have to commit to be happy regardless she is or not. Right. That's exactly the point. There you go. So that's it. I said I'd be done, you know, ten thirty ish. It's ten thirty according to this clock here. So I'm gonna I wanna email this to you. Oh yeah, I don't know if I'm gonna do it tonight, but I'll definitely do it tomorrow. <clears throat> so here's what your assignment is gonna be. You're gonna look at this this list I'm gonna give you of the emotional triggers. Yeah. And you're going to you're going to identify an incident where that made you feel exactly like all of those you could at least 10 of those. I want you to write them down cuz I want you to see how you got triggered and what you did in those situations and bring that to the next call. Good, very good. Great. Right. Uh All right. Yes. Uh Okay, okay. Uh, I need I I need Adam to call me just before we conclude. I want to okay. tell. Okay, so do you want to? So you you guys want to talk by yourselves or you or should yeah. I'm recording? The, okay, okay, great. So what I'm going to you know something personal, uh, you know, yeah. it's about the t- t- transaction. Okay, great. So um, give me a second. I need to um. Uh, I need to turn off the recording, which I'll do in a couple of seconds as soon as, uh, uh, all right, hold on a second. Here we go. Um, hold on. With Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to, has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.